All right. Hello, Lash Queens. Welcome to another episode of Lash Queen Radio. I'm your host, Cameron Love. I am a licensed lash artist, salon owner, and product supplier located in Greensboro, North Carolina. I have a special guest with us today. I'm going to let her introduce herself and a little bit about her lash business. Hi, I am Lauren Lappin, and you can probably tell by my accent, I am from Australia. Although some Americans don't... um, they don't identify it straight away. I've been to the USA a few times and, and yeah, they'll say, oh, you're from England or something like that. I'm like, no, 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 I'm from Australia. <laughs> and I know that I uh, Australians tend to speak very fast, so I'll try and slow it down for you guys today so that you can understand me all right. Uh, but, yeah, so I have a lash salon in country New South Wales, which is like a, a state in Australia, um, so a regional area. Uh, I did start off lashing from home in the spare room of my house, and then in 2014 I opened my commercial lash salon, which is called Alua Lash and Beauty Bar, And yeah, I took it to seven figures in four years. So yeah, uh, I'm still operating today. Uh, We're about to take over eight years of business in July and I have a team of eight and I only work in my salon one day a week now on clients. So I've cut down my client time. I spend most of my time working on my business and doing other stuff. I've got a couple of other businesses as well. Wow. Just the the fact that you have eight salon or eight lash artists working um, in a salon, that's huge. Um, So when I found you, I, of course, I had to get you on the podcast because I I have only been, uh, my salon has only been open for about two years now. Um, So I really wanted to get some insight on salon owners who have been open long term and who actually have a full team of lash artists because that is a huge accomplishment. Um, I feel like, I feel like I see a lot of lash artists wanting to be solo, um, and not working in a salon. So anytime I see a salon owner that has like a full team going, I I already know that you're a great boss. You're great at, you know, team management and team building. All of that has to be a one. Yes. Yeah. It has certainly been, uh, at times challenging over the years, but I don't think I've 100% mastered it, but I'm a hell of a lot better with um, managing my team and, you know, delegating things than I used to be. I used to find it very, very difficult because I'm a control freak and I think that a lot of us slash artists are have probably have problems being control freaks uh, just due to the nature of the work, you know, where we tend to be perfectionists, Mm -hmm. very OCD, and usually that comes along with being a control freak as well. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of flash artists that want to stay solo have a lot of issues with control like they don't believe um they can hand over control to anybody else 
or that nobody else can look after their clients as well as they can. Was it hard building a salon team or did everybody kind of just, like how was that process of just finding lash artists that could work well together? Uh, So, yeah, it was hard. Uh, But you, I like to say you've got to choose your hard. Um, It is also very difficult working alone and doing everything yourself on top of seeing clients in a full-time capacity. Uh, It's very, very difficult. And I knew that I couldn't do that forever. So I, my first hire was a little bit of a fail. Um, She worked for me for maybe five or six months and because I, I was desperate. I was coming from a place of desperation. I was booked out six weeks in advance. Uh, I didn't even have 15 minutes spare to fit anyone in, but I kept saying yes to people, um, you know, and I was quite often coming in early, not having any breaks, uh, working till late at night, working on Sundays, and I was just absolutely exhausted and I was so booked out I was turning away clients and I knew I was missing out on money um because I just like you know your income is capped when you work on your own so there's only a certain amount of hours in a day that one person can work on clients and so your income is always going to be capped um yeah so I was missing out on money I knew the demand was there And I hired someone out of desperation uh, and she was already trained in lashes. And I I think I chose her because she was already trained. And in my local area, there's not many people that are already trained um, that want to work for somebody else. So uh, I chose her. I offered her a position, but really, you know, she wasn't really interested in building the business. She was really only interested in coming in and getting paid. Um, And she she didn't really care whether she was sticking eyelashes on people or if she was sweeping the floor. So she wasn't getting that return clientele uh, that, you know, is crucial to building a business um, and business growth. So, uh, yeah, that ended um, after about five months. Uh, But then I hired somebody else. Somebody else kind of came along, just happened to come along by chance and I offered her a position and she was the complete opposite. She She was trained but she had absolutely zero experience. So I basically had to teach her everything from scratch anyway. Uh, But she was great with people, great with clients, very fast learner. She could, she was great at selling, could sell ice to Eskimos, that girl. And the business just took off even more. And I do believe that it is because I had someone fantastic working with me uh, and we both had the same goal in mind, which was business growth. And yeah, from there it just went completely nuts and we needed to go into a bigger shop. Um, we outgrew my tiny little, uh, I don't 
you guys say square feet. I say mm. um, square meters. Mm. Um, but yeah, I had a, my first salon was only 30 square meters. So I'm not sure what that would be in square feet, mm-hmm. um, but it's small. It's very small. And yeah, so we needed to go into a bigger shop. So we did that. And then it, it just went from there. And early on, I think I was looking for people that had already trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was hiring based on skill rather or existing clientele, like if they had a clientele to bring with them to my business. Uh, you know, I was looking for things like that, but now I don't, I don't look at that at all. Uh, I hire based on personality. I hire because you can teach anyone to do anything. Right. Right. Like, and most people, even if they have been trained, they, they're not very fast. Right. Um, you know, they're not really making you a lot of money in the beginning. So yeah, like I hire based on personality. I base, uh, I hire based on work ethic and I do that. Like I, if I get a resume, I look at what jobs they've had, how many jobs they've had in a certain amount of years. And, you know, if they've stuck with, you know, different places like long-term, like more than two or three years each job, um, you know, I'll go, yeah, they're fairly loyal. They'll stick it out, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not just hopping from one job to the next. Another. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and just in, in the, during the interview process, you know, I ask questions like what do you see yourself doing in two years? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, they're honest and they're like, well, I see myself running my own salon (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like okay um see you later um you know you're just gonna come in and you're gonna get all the training on the job you're gonna be paid and and get all your training get all your skills and then you're gonna go and start your own business so you know that's a little bit of a turn off for me but at the end of the day, people people can lie and they can say something else and then that ends yeah. up happening anyway. So it's always a bit of a gamble when you hire. But now that I do have a bigger team, I definitely do um, look at their personality type and how well I think that they're going to get along within the rest of the team, how they're going to slot in. Um, so that's really, really important to think about too, because, you know, if you hire someone with like completely different interests or, you know, they're at a completely different stage of their life to the majority of your team, they're probably not going to fit in as well. And having everyone happy and working harmoniously together in the salon is super important. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I feel like that's exactly why I wanted to speak on this because there's just not, I'm just not seeing a lot of lash salons that have a full team anymore. Um, and I know for me personally, part of it was because I, I was hiring beginners. Like I was willing to train them up from complete scratch, which yes. it took, it took me a couple of people to realize that it takes time. Like it takes a lot of time. Um, yes. and my, you know, the salon is investing so much into this person. Um, when we train them from scratch, 
Um, and then for them to decide they want to leave, you know, the salon ends up taking a huge loss because we, we've, we've put so much into, you know, um, training up these artists. So I feel like that was one of the things for me when it came to building a team and that sort of thing. Um, I feel like I didn't do it right. I did, I did not do it right. I was not hiring based on personality. I was, I was desperate. Like you said, I was desperate. I was booked. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to get more clients in, um, cause I couldn't do it all. You know, I, I couldn't take all the clients. So kudos to you though, for, for getting it right. Because that's a lot. That, that really is a lot of work. I, I don't know if I've got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly something that, you know, you have to work on and you learn from experience Uh, or, you know, you can hire a coach or do an online program about hiring. I don't even know if there's an online program out there, but um, it's definitely um, I've learned to ask better questions in interviews and, um, yeah, like, I mean, we're in a kind of a small town, like, not tiny, there's about 100,000 people here, so big enough, but someone always knows someone. Like, uh, you know, like if someone applies for a job and then I, like, search them up on Facebook and I'm like, oh, mutual friends, right. and I'll be like, I'll contact that person and be like, hey, what's what's this person's story, you know? Yeah. So I can tend to do a little bit, bit of background work in that way mm-hmm. as well before like I even waste my time or not waste my time but spend my time interviewing and going through that process but yeah everyone I hire now they can't do lashes when they start with me um yeah. I I train them from scratch uh, mm-hmm. and yeah the team it's really important to me that everyone's really happy at work and everyone gets along and the lines of communication are open. Uh, Yeah, that because, I mean, the happier your staff are, the better they are going to perform in their role and Mm. the better they treat their clients. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, What are some pros that you can share to salon ownership? Uh, Well... I would have to say more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, today I earn more money from my salon than I ever have mm. and that I ever could if I worked on my own. Uh, you know, I pay myself like a, a high, like six-figure wage, um, you know, plus all my team and then still have profit left over. And I remember in my first year when I was working alone, I thought, oh, I had one team member, the not so good one. And then towards the end of the financial year, I had the better one. But yeah, just two people, I think I only like grossed maybe $140,000. Like, and that's gross. That's, mm-hmm. that's total revenue. That's not mm-hmm. profit. Um, you know, and now, you know, we do 10 times that. So it making more money is definitely uh, a great thing. Um, you know, the so with more money comes more uh, freedom, more options. And I think that that is 
the biggest thing about having more money. And pe- like, because people will just say, oh, I want more money, I want more money, I want more money. But why do you want more money? Why? If it's just to buy stuff, like have better things, um, it's hard to maintain that drive for wanting more money. But for me, money is more money is more freedom, more choice. Uh, so I get to do more things that I like with my family, uh, you know, enjoy nicer holidays and, uh, you know, I get to do more training. I get to spend more money on my salon and make it look amazing. I'm refitting my salon this year completely. Um, and, you know, that will just up-level the experience for all of our clients and my team uh, because they get to work in, a, you know, a beautiful salon environment. But definitely more money is a big pro. <laughs> yeah. um, another pro would be freedom. So... I, like I I mentioned earlier, that I only work one day a week in my salon and I am looking at cutting that. I'm I'm kind of in the process of cutting that down at the moment. Cutting that down. Yeah. One day is, that's great. (laughs) Cutting that down. Yeah. 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 So I work 9 a.m. till 8 p.m in my salon on a Thursday. So just one day a week, it's like 10 hours. And I just squish all my remaining clients in there. All my other clients over the years, I've sort of moved to my other team members. Uh, But I'm trying to start finishing at 3.30 so that I can uh, pick my kids up off the school bus um, on a Thursday. And... By the end of 2022, I'm trying to remove myself from my salon completely. Wow, that is so awesome. I would love to do that. <laughs> I, would um, love, I would love to do totally that. You totally can. Anyone can. Anyone can. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, limiting beliefs floating around out there that, you know, you have to be working hard in your business, like all the time to make any yeah. money you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So, yeah, but you totally can. If you want that, you can make it happen. Um, It's just all about releasing control and learning to trust your team and creating systems and processes that's easy for them to follow so that you don't need to be there 24-7 to tell Mm -hmm. them what and also a good manager never goes astray um but yeah I I have a lot more freedom now I can if I'm sick I'm never sick but if I'm sick I can have a sick day Uh, and I know that it's not going to be the end of the world you know once upon a time and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that can identify with this but you know I couldn't have a sick day because I was that booked out. I was booked out, you know, a month, six weeks in advance that if I had a sick day, I would have to move all those clients, you know, I'd have to stay late every night for a week to fit them all in or I'd have to go in on a Sunday or 
go in early every day and because there was nowhere to move them. There was no blank space in my appointment book to move these clients and and I had to move them all myself. Mm. I had to, you know, I'd be sick and That's I would physically have to contact them all and move them myself because I didn't have like a, a receptionist or anything mm-hmm. like that. So and, and and going on holidays, you know, like going on holidays, you probably really can't take any more than two weeks off at a time. If oh, you work yeah. on your own, you can't because people are due for their fills mm-hmm. and, you know, they'll go elsewhere. Like if you're mm-hmm. away too long, they're going to have to go elsewhere and then you run that risk of losing your clientele. So it you know, the anxiety around taking time off when you work on your own is very high. Um, but, yeah, I can I can take a day off. I can, uh, you know, next week I'm going to be travelling to uh, Sydney for work um, for a conference and then I'm, and then I'm going back for a, like a branding photo shoot. Oh, wow. And I was able to just say to my receptionist, hey, Sarah, you know, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I've got a, a kind of a last-minute Sydney trip. Are you able to move all my clients um, in with the other girls from that day, just explain to them that I'm going to be away? And, you know, within two hours it was done. I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. And I'm right to travel and be away from my salon. I know that everything's fine. Yeah, um, yeah and, I mean, another pro as well that kind of ties in with the first two um, is that I can be away and I'm still making money. Mm-hmm. So if you work on your own, your income stops when you take a holiday or you have a day off or mm-hmm. you decide to finish early one evening and you go out for dinner with your husband or whatever, you know, like your income stops. Whereas if you have a team, your income is still coming in. You're still making money when, and you don't physically have to be there. So it's another yeah. big pro that ties in both to the more money one and the, the more flexibility and freedom one. Mm-hmm. Um, also too, I like to think that I am, obviously so I'm serving more clients. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we can only take on physically, you know, a certain number of clients every day and now with the team we have bigger impact we have a greater impact so yeah we can we we can service quite a lot of people and um, that is a really nice thing to think about um, for me and also too I like that I am increasing the wealth of my team I'm, you know, I'm giving them a, a great place to work, providing them a great place to work. Um, you know, they get paid really well. They're looked after. And, you know, we're in a really, really great environment. We're all very close. Um, we're good friends. We all get along really, really well. And I'm empowering them by, you know, teaching them a skill and, you know, and creating wealth for them. So that's definitely another pro and the social aspect side of it too. Like I work a lot. Like obviously I don't work a lot in my salon anymore on clients, but I still 
have a lot of stuff to do. You know, like it was difficult. It was difficult enough trying to schedule this um, this interview today. Yeah, you know, yeah. We both we both have so much going on, but uh, yeah, I um, you know I don't get a lot of time to hang out with friends. Uh, and I feel like sometimes I'm I'm here at, in my office a lot and I get that social interaction from, you know, my team at work. So that's definitely another pro. That's great. I feel like that kind of having a team also kind of helps with the burnout that Lash Artists might experience yeah. um, because you don't have to take as many clients and you can still make money. Um, so I, I really like that. That's awesome. Um, are there any experiences that you can, or any experiences that you can share as a salon owner that helps you grow as an individual? Uh, there's been a lot. Uh, you learn about yourself. You learn a lot about yourself. Sorry, when you manage people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I've certainly had to do a lot of like personal development work on myself over the years to help me become a better manager. Uh, Sometimes, you know, things can happen with team members. Uh, You know, for example, I had um, someone leave, someone quit their position and they'd worked for me for two years and, you know, that's a reasonably long time in the beauty industry because most of the girl, and I'm just making a generalised assumption here, but most of the girls, especially in Australia, I'm not sure what it's like in the USA, but in Australia, a lot of the girls in the industry are, you know, under 30, uh, you know, they're kind of at a point where they maybe just got into beauty because they thought it was quite a glamorous career and, um, you know, then they start working in it and they realise it's actually a lot harder than what they thought. Very good. Yeah, yeah. And there's also, you know, a lot of girls that, you know, they're a little bit immature still so they always think the grass is greener on the other side, you know. They, They chop and change between different salons or they might try and start their own business or whatever. And a lot of girls in that age group um, get pregnant, get married, um, go off and have kids. So two years is a, is a reasonably long time. Uh, in saying that, though, I have one team member that this year she'll, will have worked for me for six years. Oh. And uh, I've just had one leave that moved away. Um, she left because she moved away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she worked for me for four years. And then the rest, most of the rest of my teams, like, you know, two years, three years. Um, and then I think I've got, I've got two new girls that have just started. So, um, you know, two years is a reasonably long time. But I had someone leave and, you know, she lied to me about it and, you know, the reasons why she was leaving and things like that and, you know, then kind of went around our small town, you know, saying things and that's not nice it's not and you know I took it really personally Mm -hmm. and I think I realized you know and I I got quite upset and you know it's hard not to it's really hard not to it's like you know you 
do everything you can to teach someone a skill and make them feel welcome and, you know, you go above and beyond. I certainly go above and beyond for my team, Uh, you know, helping them move house or, you know, um, giving them extra things or, you know, taking out for awards uh, you know like just just, I look after them well but yeah you know there's no reason for anyone to uh sort of lie or make up stories or anything like that I I don't think and you know so I took it very personally but I've kind of realized now that you know people that do that kind of thing it's usually a reflection upon them more than it is like on me Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you just have to be the bigger person and, yeah. you know, move on from it. And mm-hmm. I think I just had this realisation that, you know, people are always out for themselves. At the end of the day, you know, they're only looking out for number one. They're not looking mm-hmm. out for me. They don't care as much about my business or me or anything like that as they do themselves. Right. So, you know, I kind of know I had this high expectation, I think, early on that, you know, everyone was going to stay working for me forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I found it so offensive when, you know, she quit. And now I know when I hire people, I know in the back of my mind, I'm like, they're not going to stay forever. Right. because no one ever does stay yeah. in the workplace forever. It's yeah. very, very, very rare nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I just always have in the back of my mind that, you know, no one's going to stay forever. Everyone's always looking out for their own best interests, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that has really helped me understand more about why people do the things that they do. So, I choose now to see the situation for what it is. And if mm-hmm. someone if someone works for me for, you know, two or three years and they do really well and they are a pleasure to work with, they make me a lot of money in those two or three years and then they decide to move on, you know, to their own business or to another salon or whatever, that's fine, you know, like because... There's more people out there that want to get a job. Yeah. Um, I know that I can train anyone to do anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, and train them well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess now I just know not to really take it as personally when people leave um, yeah. because it's not really anything against me. It's just them. Yeah, no. yeah, They're trying no. to do what's best for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that takes a lot of growth. That takes a lot of growth um, to be able to just, you know, take it all in. And people aren't going to stay forever. Um, I know I would be bittersweet about it. It's like, oh, I'm losing a lash artist. But yeah. um, at the same time, I wish her well um, in everything that she does, everything that she accomplishes and and all that. Because there's just enough room in the industry for all of us. So. Oh, there so is. There is so much room for all of us. And there are enough clients for everyone. Mm-hmm. There are more than enough clients for everyone. And I just... Yeah, I wish more people would see it that way. Yeah. I really yeah. do. 
Yeah. And then they will probably grow much faster. Um, that's one thing I've always noticed. If you're focused on yourself and your business and you're not worried about anyone else, your growth is kind of insane. And that is what I've done. Like I, I purposely, like I stopped following all of my local competitors, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if anyone ever brought anything up about them, I'm just like, oh, no, I didn't see that. No, I'm not really interested in talking about it. It's not important. Right, yeah. um, you know, it's just, yeah, you just focus on yourself because really at the end of the day, your biggest competitor is you. Mm-hmm. And as long as you are doing better than you were yesterday, like you're winning. You Like you don't need to worry or watch what anybody else is doing. It doesn't affect you at all. I couldn't agree more. Is there any advice um, that you care to share to anyone interested in opening up their own lash salon? Yes. There's lots of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Just give them a little glimpse. (laughs) Um, I think if you want to do it quickly, you want to be successful quickly, I, I would invest in a coach or some training, someone who's done what you want to do because that is the fastest way. You know, something like it's taken me eight years to get to the point where I'm like, oh, I might not work in my salon anymore, Right. you know. But the reality is I could have done that a lot faster if I had had the right tools and information given to me early on. And also someone that puts you, I know we're all responsible for putting ourselves in the right mindset, but someone that just kind of helps take away limiting beliefs uh, because that is like fear and limiting beliefs are the two biggest things that will hold you back. So, you know, if you have someone in your corner, like it doesn't even have to be a coach. It can be an unpaid mentor. Or, you know, a lash bestie, you know, somebody else that has a lash salon, you know, and you're going through similar things, but you both, uh, you know, you want to get to the same end point, you know, you're both Mm -hmm. headed in the same direction. You can, you know, bounce ideas off each other and and help each other out. So get yourself some advice. You need need a little cheer squad uh, because it's very lonely being in business and if you, you know, you don't have anyone to talk to and, like, you know, our, our partners don't understand, our families mm-hmm. don't understand. They just think that you got this little salon, like, oh, yay, go go you, but they mm-hmm. have no idea. They have no idea of the potential and the money that can be made, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're successful at what you're doing. So, and there's a lot of people that want to see, like, they may not be, consciously aware of it but there may be people that are in your friendship circles and your family that they don't want to see you win yeah you know there's I certainly know that I have people in my family and my friendship circles that do not cheer me on so I just choose not to talk about my business with them yeah absolutely and I choose to have a, co- I have two coaches actually, but mm. I choose, I choose to have coaches and I choose to invest, you know, and I choose to listen to the people that have done the things that I want to do. 
I feel and like faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, that's honestly, I feel like that's the way to get there faster. Um, not only just kind of having tunnel vision and focusing on your business, but having a mentor or a coach or someone that you can talk to about just building a business and what you're going through, um, and not just a random person, but someone who has done what you want to do. I feel like a lot of people out here are like, oh, I can be a mentor, I can be a coach, and but they haven't, you know, they haven't really established anything to kind of help people with. Yeah, um, that's yeah. what I have noticed a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of people can talk the talk, Yeah, you know, they, they can talk the talk, they can market themselves very well on social media and things like that. But when you actually look at what they've done and what success they've had in their own business, usually it's quite minimal. Yeah. So yeah, really do a lot of research and find someone who has actually successfully done or is still doing what you want to do. I think that, yeah, that that's the best way, not just who has the most followers. Right. Yeah. Cause if you, you can buy followers guys. If you didn't know, you can buy followers um, and all types of stuff. So don't just go based off that. <laughs> really? <laughs> so what are some um, cons that you can share about salon ownership? So one con would be, that, you you know, the feeling of responsibility. Mm. So you're responsible for multiple people's financial situation, really. Oh, not not their situation because a lot of people can be paid well and then they can ruin their own financial situation. But, you know, you're essentially responsible for the livelihood of that person, Mm. you know, their sole income, uh, and sometimes when you start to think about that, if you get in your own head about it, it can be a little bit heavy. So, yeah, I tend to not think about it. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 especially with COVID. Once COVID hit and um, I had a team and I was like, oh, my God, I'm responsible for these girls. Make sure, you know, they can provide for their families while we go through this COVID. Um, so it, it is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, and I... For the first time, I felt that at mm. the start of COVID, like, you know, March 2020, uh, you know, that is when I felt that pressure. But um, thankfully, I was in a really good financial position to be able to offer my team all of their sick and all of their holiday pay if they wanted it. Um, and then the Australian government came out with this wonderful scheme called JobKeeper. And, mm. yeah, I, I don't think you guys had that there in oh. the USA. So, you know, my heart did go out to you guys. It's still going out to you guys because I know there's a lot of businesses that just yeah. have not survived. But, uh, yeah, in Australia we had a scheme called JobKeeper where um, businesses that had a certain uh, – level of revenue, yearly revenue, um, could claim uh, like a a subsidy uh, to pay their team's wages while you were under a forced lockdown. So if your business was was forced to close, which, mm-hmm. which beauty was in, in mm-hmm. Australia, we were forced to close. 
yeah, we we were actually um, we received benefits from the government to pay our team's wages. So yeah, yeah. So but we didn't know that was going to happen. Like when we got when we got locked down, it was like you're in lockdown, and we don't know when you're going to be reopening. Mm-hmm. And like I was just like, holy crap! Yeah. Like. But I, like I said, I was in a, in, a, in a good financial position. I had a lot of money in the bank and I actually owned the building that my salon is in. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That took so, a lot. I know that took a lot off of you. Yeah. Well, you know, I know a lot of people um, in the lash industry here in Australia that, you know, they couldn't pay their rent. So they had to organise something with their landlord, you know, like a rent-free period, but they had to pay it all back well, later. Back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or their landlord didn't agree and said, no, too bad, so sad, you need to oh, keep paying. So, you know, the fact that I own my building, that took a big pressure off. So we, yes, COVID's been hard. It's been very difficult. But business-wise, um, I've weathered the storm of COVID reasonably well. So, but I went into it in a good position. So that's probably the difference, um, you know, for people in Australia anyway. But um, in America, you know, if, if, if I'd have been in America and there was no support um, for paying your team's wages, you probably would have lost all your team because mm-hmm. you know, they would have gone and got a job in an essential industry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But anyway, all of you are probably listening going, oh, I want to move to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, because it sounds really great over there. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. Lauren, I just want to thank you because you, the insight that you shared today was really, really amazing. Um, I feel like it's going to be very helpful for lash artists who are interested in opening up their own salon or are just kind of trying to decide if they want to own a salon, if they want to just be on a team or whatever, what have you. Um, It was just really great hearing your insight today. Oh, no, thank you. My pleasure. I'm always happy to help anyone that um, has any questions or needs anything. Great. Um, is there any like final thing that you want to promote or share? Do you have any classes going on? Do you have a mentorship group or anything like that? Uh, so I do offer one-on-one uh, coaching like via Zoom. So you don't need to be located in Australia or anywhere near me to have me as your coach. Uh, so you can just reach out to me via Instagram. So my Instagram handle is Lauren Lappin underscore. Um, you can mess DM me on Instagram or you can head to my website, uh, which is laurenlappin.com.au uh, and there's some information and uh, you can book a free discovery call on my website there just to chat if, uh, you know, just a free 15-minute chat to see if we'd be a good fit um, and just go everything over everything that's involved in the coaching. Um, I do have group coaching as well, but we've just started, so it won't be opening again until June this year. But you can go on the wait list. So if you would like to go on the wait list for my group coaching program, which is called Salon Goals, uh, just send me a DM and I would be more than happy to pop you on the wait list and, yeah, touch base closer to June this year. Great. All right, y'all. That is the end of this episode of Lash Queen Radio with Lauren. Be sure to go check her out, follow her, keep up with her and everything that she's doing. Thank you again, Lauren. It was great having you on the podcast. Thank you.
Thank you for inviting me, Cameron. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.